Hey, it's Stu with Bitcoin and Financial Independence, and today I wanted to share a story about this French philosopher and artist from back in the 1700s. It's a pretty interesting story, and this man is named Denis Diderot. And I first heard about this guy, Diderot, from Afford Anything's email newsletter. She had sent out an email telling his story, and I did a little bit of Googling just to try and give you some bullet points on his life. Uh, James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, also has a blog post on it. And I also found a couple of Forbes articles that I can link in the show notes that also talk about this guy and just how it illustrates financial psychology. So to sum up Dennis Diderot's life, he lived in poverty. But in 1765, he was 52 years old, his daughter was about to be married, but he could not provide a dowry, which is basically a, a gift associated with the wedding. So he was a well-known guy, despite living in poverty, because he was writing one of the most comprehensive encyclopedias at the time. And the Empress of Russia, Catherine the Great, had heard about his financial troubles, so she offered to buy his library from him for a huge sum of money. And suddenly he had money to spare. He was out of poverty. It was a life-changing amount of money and enough that he could live off for the rest of his life, especially if he continued living his relatively frugal, modest lifestyle. But everything changed when he bought this one scarlet robe and you could say things went downhill from this point onward. It was a beautiful robe and he immediately noticed how out of place it seemed, surrounded by the rest of his possessions, very plain, very common. And here's a quote from him. He says uh, of his environment, he says, no more coordination, no more unity, no more beauty between the robe and the rest of his items. So we felt he needed to buy something else to match the, the level that his robe was at. And he replaced his rug with a new one. He decorated his home with beautiful sculptures and a better kitchen table a new mirror. His straw chair was replaced by a leather chair. So these reactive purchases have become known as the Diderot effect. And the Diderot effect states that obtaining a new possession often creates a spiral of consumption, which leads you to acquire more new things. As a result, we end up buying things that our previous selves never needed to feel happy or fulfilled. So these are, in the words of James Clear, I'm, I'm somewhat paraphrasing, somewhat quoting here and there. But I am going through this experience right now, and I wanted to share how it can affect you. Basically, I was really into dirt bikes when I was a teenager. It was my favorite thing. I would get five magazines a month uh, reading about dirt bikes and how to work on them and how to fix suspension and, and set it up and, and just which bikes were best, reviews of bikes and products and gear and all this stuff. I just loved it. I, I watched all the races and anyway, I ended up liking investing more and realized that I could spend my money on dirt bikes and I noticed that dirt bikes go down in value. According to Rich Dad Poor Dad, they could be considered a liability. They are a money suck. They are, you know, just something that you spend money on. They're not something that make you money unless you're a pro, which is super, super hard to do. And most pros are retired by my age. Most pros are retired by 30. So 
the professional athlete life was never in the cards for me anyway. But yeah, I've said this before, and I wanted to give up dirt bikes, basically. I got new frugal hobbies, and I wanted to invest. And dirt bikes, yes, they are expensive to get, and every once in a while when you have to replace an engine, uh, I, I guess you could say between engine, tires, gas, gear, it's not that hard to spend maybe two, $3,000 a year on a dirt bike. And to acquire the bike, it totally depends. New, right now they push ten grand. Used, it's somewhere in the three to ten grand range. I'm a fan of these cheaper types of motorcycles that are called two strokes. They're not really developed anymore. Uh, they're a lot cheaper, a lot less moving parts. So I'm still getting into dirt bikes, which is an expensive thing to get into. But I'm doing it in the cheapest way possible. But it's also more fun. It's just that they're not nearly as competitive with the modern day four strokes. So not that you care about dirt bikes, but just a little bit of background on how it works. I had a bike that I bought in 2007, I think, and it's a discontinued model. I'm a little bit worried about this. I'm debating on whether I should sell it and put the money into maybe a different brand because there's a couple of brands that have continued to make these bikes. Whereas my bike was discontinued in 2008, so parts are harder to come by. So that's one thing I'm really struggling with. My bike doesn't run, it needs several things. So getting back into dirt bikes, the first thing I had to do was, you know, I have moved out from my dad's place and I left the bike at his place for, for the last several years. So part of this is just getting my stuff out of his domain and freeing that up for him. And we talked about selling it local to him or shipping it out. And we decided let's ship it out. Uh, so I ended up paying $900 to get my motorcycle shipped across the country. And if you ever need to do that, the company I use was called Moto Shippers. There's a few of them out there, but Moto Shippers was really good, really happy with the service. So I did that, but now I need to do suspension. And so because I bought this bike, now there's this cascade of things that I have to get. Um, I need to get new dirt bike helmets. I probably need to get some new gear, some gloves. I need to get a new wrist brace. The next thing I need, I mean, this bike, it needs tires. It needs the carburetor gone through. It needs to have some adjustments there. I need some parts for it. It needs chain and sprockets. Uh, it needs new tubes, all new fluids, radiator fluid, oil, all that. There's so many things that it needs. That, that just making the choice to get back into a dirt bike has resulted in this cascade of different things. I just got a delivery a couple hours ago for a trailer hitch that I can bolt onto the frame of my 2003 Chevy Blazer. And then I need to go pick up this uh, platform that basically I can transport my motorcycle because none of my vehicles can transport a motorcycle. And so that's just another, you know, you could say domino effect of something I need to buy because I chose to get back into dirt bikes. I bought a new gear bag to hold on my gear. Now that I'm getting this hitch thing, this this platform that can hold my bike off the back of the, the vehicle. It's not a trailer, it's just this little platform. Sometimes uh, it's kind of like the one you see, uh, you'll see a hitch with just like coolers on it, uh, on this little metal platform. It's kind of like that for a motorcycle. And it's gonna be hard to get to the back of my vehicle if I need to like put something in the back. So now I'm thinking, well, I need to get a roof rack 
or or like one of those bags, those weatherproof bags that I could put my maybe I could put my gear bag in that instead of stuffing everything in the the trunk or the back area of my blazer behind the seats. Uh, maybe I want to put it on the roof instead just to make it more easily accessible. So like that's things that I just realized this week that I'm probably going to need to buy uh, in order to make things more convenient. So and it just keeps going. There's tools. Now all of a sudden I've never had a need for a torque wrench, but I need a torque wrench. So there's a lot of things going and I'm about $600 into it so far. And I have another thousand on suspension. And if the engine's okay, um, maybe just a couple hundred bucks just for a few new parts. And uh, if things are not okay, then it's going to be another 1500 bucks. And I may decide to sell it and get the, the brand that has abundant parts. It's still in production, but we'll have to see. So I want you to think about this in your life. And, you know, James Clear, he lays out a few examples. If you buy a new dress, you might be like, well, I need to get shoes and earrings to match this dress. If you get a CrossFit membership, well, now you're investing in your fitness and you're maybe like, huh, well, let's get some foam rollers, some wrist wraps, some paleo meal plans, whatever. I think we've all kind of experienced this in our lives. Now that we're aware of this thing and we have a name for this, you know, sometimes you could just kind of say it's lifestyle creep, right? Especially for the younger generation that's maybe buying a house. Well, if you buy too much house, you have to buy, you know, maybe two couches instead of one um, or or more chairs or a bigger table to fill a bigger dining room. So uh, even when you buy a house, there's this downstream effect of if you buy too much or too little, uh, you have to buy more stuff to fill it possibly. So this is pretty powerful, but you want to be careful what you bring into your life. You want to look a little bit farther ahead. This is something that's going to help your finances a ton. If you can have that longer horizon, that longer view, that thing where if I buy this, I have to buy that. So honestly, there might be things that you want. If you have like a, a save for later or like an Amazon wish list, might be good to look at it and just as an exercise, be like, okay, if I bought this, what would the downstream effect be? Would there be more things that it triggers that this purchase would trigger almost by default? So it's kind of interesting uh, versus maybe you can buy stuff. If you're going to buy something, maybe you can buy it and it will fit in your existing system. So if you are going to buy new clothes, look for something that is going to be complementary to you know the shoes and the earrings that you already have or something like that. Basically, be aware of those downstream effects and you can kind of counteract it by buying things that will already fit what you've got going on, things that will already work with what you have and that won't have those downstream effects. So hopefully that helps you as you think about all the products and services that you normally buy or want to buy, planning on buying, and just think bigger picture now. What am I setting myself up for? Maybe I'm setting myself up for more than I wanted to. And you might think it's going to cost you a certain amount, but maybe it's double, maybe it's triple. That's all I have for you today. It was just this little thought exercise on the Diderot effect, on lifestyle creep, on recognizing the bigger picture. And if you're going to do something like what I did with the dirt bike and all these downstream consequences, do it with intentionality. There's nothing wrong with buying something that's going to bring you joy 
and getting into a hobby or something that's going to bring you joy. But don't just do it, you know, because of social pressures or whatever. Like do it for the right reasons. Make sure that it's something you truly want to do. And if you're going to do it, you know, do it right and all that stuff. So hopefully whatever it is that you're buying ends up being a blessing in your life and not a burden. Something that you sink too much into, maybe more than you want it to. And just to finish out the story of Dennis Diderot, after he got that huge windfall from Catherine the Great, where she bought his personal library and allowed him to collect a salary as the caretaker of his collection, uh, I failed to mention that she paid his salary for the next 50 years up front, and he obviously bought one thing after another, one fancy piece of clothing and furniture and everything, until he completely transformed and replaced every item in his home. He had spent his entire windfall. He actually came to regret the day that he purchased that scarlet robe. So I want you to think about that. What is your scarlet robe? Do you have one? Are you about to buy one? Did you recently buy one? What are the scarlet robes of our lives? And do we need to return them? Do we need to be content with how we were before? Are we going to regret that purchase later? Something to think about. And remember... That financial independence is doable. Hope you have a tremendous day, and I'll be back with you soon.